Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Wiggins, America. I am not a number. I am a free man. Wiggins, America. The only thing I'm going to need from you guys right now is a cup of coffee. Wiggins. Today's global economy waits for no man. America. Today's global business climate is like, whatever, dude. Politics is a dirty game. I'm not sure we want to play. There are forces here at work that you couldn't possibly understand. You have no idea how high up this goes. Welcome to Wiggins America. Morning to Wiggins America to you from Wiggins America. Let me start again. Hello and good morning to you from Wiggins America. I am Ryan Wiggins, and I'm thankful that you are up this early and tuning in to 97.1 because that is where I am, and I like that you're here. Uh, there is bigger news this morning than the things that we're going to start with. I think the biggest news of the week is Biden talking to Russia and pretending like he's doing something. While not really actually doing anything, like just telling Russia to stand down. We can get into this in a little bit, but there are ways that a president can use their leverage, use our leverage as Americans, as the United States, to force things to happen that are in the best interest of everyone. Not just the United States, but certainly us too. Biden is not doing any of that. So the question is why? Is it because he's on the take? Is it because he's the big guy who's getting 10% as referred to in the Hunter Biden laptop emails? Maybe. I mean, who knows? I mean, there's there's a lot of corruption there. And it's all playing out in real time. We're watching this stuff happen, and it's all to benefit basically him and the political class who get very, very wealthy off of these things at the expense of America and really at the expense of the world. We're a force for good in the world The world looks to us for leadership and looks to us for freedom. I can guarantee you that the things you're seeing happening in Australia, internment camps for COVID, stuff like that, that would not be happening if America had taken a hard line. And no, we don't have any influence necessarily directly over Australia, but the people of Australia, this happens across across the world, the people see what happens in the United States. And they expect that they would be treated at least somewhat similarly, especially in free countries, quote unquote, 
free countries. <clears throat> Our reaction to this has been uh, bad. It hasn't been as bad as some other nations, but it's been bad. It's allowed other nations to be bad. Uh, anyway, that's kind of the topic that we're going toward. But real quick, I was supposed to have an interview coming up probably this hour, although we hadn't nailed it down because he wasn't quite sure, uh, with a guy who owns a, a trucking company, big, big trucking company. I think it, it's, it's initials, so I'm going to get it quite, quite wrong. It was the E. KJ or something like that, but tons and tons of trucks across the country. Well, he's well-spoken enough that he's been doing some interviews. He was on Newsmax and stuff because there's been articles out pushing back on this idea that there's a worker shortage. I, I don't know how you could convince people to not believe with their own, what they're seeing with their own eyes, but that narrative is there. And unfortunately, people that I know fairly well have bought into that narrative. And I've had to, I hate being this because they know I'm on the radio and they know where I'm coming from already. So there's no mystery to it. But I'll have to say, like, look, some of these things, the, the stats that this is citing are true and some are not, but they're citing specific ones to sort of create something. And they're not giving you the full picture. And that's so, if you've read any of this stuff, that's what's going on. They're trying to frame basic, bring it back back down to brass tacks here, what they're trying to frame the worker shortage in the transportation sector as is something that's constant. Because what they say is, well, the trucking industry always is shorthanded. They always are hiring. Well, that's true, but it's never been as bad as this. And they'll use numbers to manipulate that. But the problem is there's so many people who have stopped looking for work right now that they're not included in those numbers. So you can, you can take the unemployment numbers and you can break it out by sector, but then once you add in people who, have not even, who aren't even looking to get a job anymore, that number goes way up. And that's what you're feeling as a consumer, that there's shortages on so many random things. And they are really random because some things are fine. They're just inflated in price. That's a different issue. But some things you can't find at all. And they're just annoying. You know, that's what's great is that if this is as bad as it gets, which is annoying, then that's great. You know, hopefully we don't go the other way where it gets to be like, okay, now we're paying $10 a loaf for bread or worse. Right now, it's just for me, things like, oh, I can't find my favorite flavor of syrup. It's when I get coffee in the morning, that kind of stuff. But it's been going on for a long time. So anyway, point being, the the head of this trucking company he was going to do an interview with us this morning about how overworked they are and, and everybody who has been working is taking on many more hours and there's so much stuff to transport, they can't really keep up. Well, he had to cancel the interview because he had to work. So uh, I think really that kind of takes care of the interview, right? Don't really need to do that. Point proven that if you can't talk about how you have not enough workers because you don't have enough workers and you can't make time to do the interview. There you go. So anyway, <clears throat> I say that to say that, uh, you know, we're talking about COVID and we're talking about all of the control that this government, but thank God for the founders and setting it up the way that they are with a balance of power because the states have pushed back, you know, the good states and good governors of states have pushed back on this so hard and that's basically kept us from moving into full tyranny, in my opinion, <clears throat> and the courts, too. But it's all because of the balance of powers and the way that's been set up in the United States. God bless it. 
That's not the case in many other countries, and it's gotten bad, where you have to be vaccinated to buy groceries or leave your house in Austria, for instance. Australia, uh, you have, if you get COVID, they're putting you in a camp. I mean, they're putting you in an internment camp and keeping you there and keeping you on lockdown and and talking nicely to you, like, well, we're just, we just like you. We're just doing this for your benefit. But... Uh, you know, you're, you're a prisoner and you can't do anything about it. They'll just fine you to death, basically. So you have people exposing these things. Well, I say, so this is a weird transition, but I found this clip of a guy named John Solomon, sorry, John Coleman. Uh, he is the founder of the Weather Channel. You may have heard of him. He's been around for a while and I don't intend to make a joke out of this. He died in 2018. But he, for I would say most of the Obama administration, was pretty vocal about climate change, and rightfully so. He's a scientist. He founded, solely founded the Weather Channel, and then has been criticizing the turn that the Weather Channel has made. Here's a clip from him, I believe this is 2014, talking to Brian Stelter on CNN. I'm a skeptic about climate change, and I want to make it darn clear, Mr. Kenny's not a scientist. I am. He's the CEO of the Weather Channel now. I was the founder of the Weather Channel, not the co-founder. And I'm glad you did, because I am addicted to the Weather Channel. I watch a lot of cable news. I'm talking now. Hold on just a minute. I'm not done. And CNN has taken a very strong position on global warming that is that it is a consensus. Well, there is no consensus in science. Science isn't a vote. Science is about facts. And if you get down to the hard, cold facts, uh, there's no question about it. Climate change is not happening. There is no significant man-made global warming now. There hasn't been any in the past, and there's no reason to expect any in the future. There's a whole lot of baloney. And yes, it is. it has become a big political point of the Democratic Party and part of their platform. And I regret it's become political instead of scientific. But the science is on my side. I don't think we're going to come to a conclusion about the topic right here. What I do wonder, well, I know though, is when not, you because see... you wouldn't the... allow it to happen on CNN. Okay, so pretty powerful words there from John Coleman. Again, he is the founder of the Weather Channel. That was him talking to Brian Stelter. Now, Brian Stelter comes back with a good question here. He says, well, I understand everything you're saying, that CNN's taken a position, and they won't admit that, but they did. And we'll get into that in a second. But the Weather Channel, CNN, I believe they're owned by the same company. Actually, at the time, it was Time Warner and Ted Turner. Uh, I think that's changed. But uh, but at the time, same company, as far as I know. He, Brian Stelter asks a very good question right here about, well, what about the consensus among scientists? Here you go. What there I do, is no global warming. What I do wonder is when you see the government, when you see NASA, when you see other institutions say that 97% of climate scientists agree do you think they're making it up? I, I, what I don't understand is how you well, square that. Well, that's a manipulated that. figure, and let me explain it to you. Uh, this, the uh, government puts out about $2.5 billion directly for climate research every year. It only gives that money to scientists who will produce scientific results that support the global warming hypothesis of the Democrat Party position. So they don't have any choice. If you're going to get the money, you've got to support their position. Therefore, 97% of the scientific reports published support global warming. Why? Because those are the ones the government pays for, and that's where the money is. 
It's real simple. But that doesn't mean it's right. That doesn't make it true. That only makes it bought and paid for. The money goes in circles. I'm not a scientist. I'm not going to try to refute you Boy, on that's the facts. The truth. Now, again, this clip is about six or seven years old now. But that answer is spot on and has not changed. Remember that fact. Next time somebody comes to you and wants to argue climate change with you, remember the fact that the federal government, ask this question, who funds basically all climate research? There aren't private companies doing this. It's almost entirely the government doing it. So it's, it's our own agencies funding research that they, they know the end result of because they want to use it, <clears throat> obviously. If they get certain results, it gives them more power to use the federal government to accomplish things. And then if you're a Democrat, you're going to use that like crazy to push policy all over the place. But if you're a Republican, this is what Trump was talking about with the deep state, the swamp, so on. He did not go in. He, he went in unprepared. I think we can all agree with that. I don't know that he even thought he was going to win in 2016. So when he went in, he had no idea what he was getting into. He didn't change. He did not change a bit from the time he started to the time he ended. He was keeping the same promises. But I, if he gets reelected, he is going to go in and know so much more about how to clean house. And I think that could be his lasting legacy. Not just all the investigations that he would do through the DOJ, because he will not stop talking about election fraud, and he won't. He won't stop. They're going to tell all the the consultants are going to tell him, yeah, when you run again, don't don't talk about that so much. It turns me he won't. He will he will not stop talking about it. And if he wins again in 2024, you're going to see four years from 2025 through 2029. If he doesn't run again, because I get technically because there's space between them, he could actually run for eight years, but he's going to be pretty old at that point. Um, he will clean house in a way that that could be his lasting legacy. And that is a very, very good thing because the swamp is real. The D.C. unelected government is what it is. You can call it whatever you want. <clears throat> there's cute names for a deep state swamp and all that stuff. But it's unelected government. These people are at these organizations, no matter who you vote into office or who you don't vote into office. These people never move and they never change. And so they establish so much of American law and policy that we've seen it on display during the COVID era, right? So I, I wanted to bring that up first thing here is because it's been on my mind. The climate agenda is very, very real. And this clip coming from 2014 is interesting to me. Because what Project Veritas and James O'Keefe have revealed recently, you know, he's the, uh, the sort of sidewalk burner journalist. And what he does is it's a little bit, you know, uh, cinematic. You know, he, he, he does a lot of coming in three days. We're going to drop the biggest bomb you've ever heard. Well, some of that's a little bit much. But ultimately, he does drop interesting information. You know, he's he's. He's really slammed Planned Parenthood. He's got them to say on record or off record, I guess, what they really do. And, uh, he, you know, he does that to everybody. One of the things he did was, if you missed this, he was able to either hack into or somebody gave him the password who was not happy with the way CNN was going for months. I think for about two or three months, 
uh, mid to mid 2020 to end of 2020, somewhere around there. He was in all of CNN's private Zoom meetings. <laughs> and I, I tell you, man, if somebody was in mine and was recording all of them, I'd be just as mad. I get it. But that's what he was doing. He was exposing what their agenda is. And Jeff Zucker and the head of CNN, he's the CNN head, and all of the uh, you know the names you, you knew from CNN, some of them are gone now, were in these meetings, and they were talking about how their goal was to flip the narrative to climate change. Now, that's not journalism. That's advocacy. But that's what they were openly saying they were going to do. And so they've been doing this for a long time, using climate change to achieve policy and the media helps them now because i'm talking about the government here but the media helps them like cnn and that was the goal the whole time then along long came covid and so they realized i don't think right away but i think they realized you know a couple months in oh man we could really use this to keep things shut down and really close things and start to control people and so that became the agenda now let me play for you a clip that came out this week. This is a, a woman named Christine Anderson. She's German. She is, serves on the European Parliament. Check this out. This message goes out to the people in Australia. My name is Christine Anderson. I'm a member of European Parliament, and I'm answering your SOS call. I will do whatever I can to make it known to the world that your once free and liberal democracy has been transformed into a totalitarian regime which tramples on human rights, civil liberties and the rule of law. I'm imploring all of you around the world who still think your governments are looking out for your best interest. At no point in history have the people forcing others into compliance been the good guys. The welfare of humanity has always been the alibi of tyrants. Do you not realize that this vaccine does not protect you from COVID? It does, however, protect you from governmental oppression. For now, that is. But don't think for even a second that this is not going to change tomorrow. I'm a German. And we once asked our grandparents how they could have just stood by in silence, allowing a horrific totalitarian regime to come about. Anyone could have known. All they had to do was open their eyes and take a look. The vast majority chose not to. So, what will you tell your grandchildren? Will you tell them you didn't know? Will you tell them you were just following orders? You need to understand, it isn't about breaking the fourth wave. It is all about breaking people. Australia does not need a no-COVID strategy. What Australia needs is a no-oppression strategy. So I stand in support with your fight for freedom and democracy. We need to stop our governments from transforming our free and democratic societies into totalitarian regimes. We need to do it now. We need to stand up now. And that has been the goal because COVID is, is dying. It's getting less and less severe. 
this is actually the normal route of a virus. You know, we've talked to people, Dr. Scott Hardiman on the Annie Fry Show, and he would explain, and many others too, they would say, this is, here's how a virus works. The most, uh, the most dangerous strain is what comes out first, and it really, it attempts to kill the most people. And then you get it mutating to lesser strains, but also not as deadly. And so that was Delta, <clears throat> you know, got highly contagious and kind of picked off the rest of the people who hadn't gotten it yet and was getting all kinds of people with vaccine. As you know, with the vaccine, you still get COVID, <laughs> um, but less de- deadly. Now we're into Omicron. So we've had all these different variants who never really took, and now we're into Omicron. I don't know how much this one's going to take, um, but it's less deadly. I mean, it's to the point where now you could have maybe even said this about COVID, <clears throat> could have said it about Delta, definitely can say it about Omicron, that it's just not a, a big deal. It's it's a cold, and you're going to get colds. And, um, you know, I've dove into the numbers for coronavirus proper, and I would I can make a strong argument that this was very typical of a flu year, and I can back that up with hard data. In fact, if you go to my website, wigginsamerica.com, it's probably still up there as one of the top five or six articles. You can see it for yourself. Don't want to get into that here. Just talking about the control aspect. I do believe that as we get through to Omicron, the narrative is going to start to fall apart. They're not letting you. They're not. They're trying to keep it going, as you can see. But it's it's going to fall apart. People are already fatigued by it. People aren't following the laws, and they're not even people like me who loves to just you know flout these things and be like be a fighter. But the average person just isn't following these mandates anymore, and the mandates themselves are falling by the courts. So all that to say that you know, what's next? Because we still have three years plus of Biden in office, we assume. And we don't know what his edicts are going to be because after the 2022 midterms, he's not going to control Congress. At best, he would still have the Senate, the Democrats would, and the White House, but they may not have any of it. So then what's going to happen? Well, I'm I'm tying all this together in this first long segment here to say that it will probably be climate change. So as COVID goes away, either they're going to realize, oh man, China interested in dropping another virus? We really had a good time with that one. Or it's going to flip to climate change. Mark my words, I'm betting on the latter. I'm betting that climate change is coming back because I've noticed that it just disappeared for COVID era, right? You didn't hear anything about it. Uh, but now all of a sudden, in the last couple months, starting to make a comeback because they realize oh, we're going to need something to hang our hat on to change uh, the direction of policy. And climate change was the original plan. We'll probably go back to that now. Stick around. More on Wiggins America. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we really need new phones t-mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iphone 15s and each line is only 25 dollars a month new iphone 15s it's better over here. only at t-mobile get four iphone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Wow, went really long in that last segment, so uh, we won't have a whole lot of time in this one. Let me tease a couple things we're going to talk about next hour, though. Christina Bob is from the One America News Network. She is a reliable source as far as covering election integrity issues, she was following a hearing that happened this week in Wisconsin. Major, major revelations. I mean, they're so big that I feel like I need to dig into them myself instead of just reporting on what she's reporting. Because if if she's accurate, this stuff's, I mean, huge, huge stuff. And like undeniable number stuff that you can't nobody could look at that and go oh i'm sure that's just a clerical error like it's huge stuff so like i said i'm going to report on her report next hour and then hopefully in the meantime i'm maybe top of the hour i can i can dig into this a little bit more because it's it's happening fast it just happened uh at the end of thursday so i've been looking into it but again Lots of stuff to cover here. And like I said, very, very short segment here. Wanted to get to this really quick on the same kind of topic. Uh, BuzzFeed News is reporting this about Mark Meadows. He's the former chief of staff for Trump, of course, and he's got this new book out. Uh, He's one of the few who has tried to sort of remain loyal to Trump, in addition to Peter Navarro, who we've had on the show many times. But I I don't even know if Peter Navarro and Mark Meadows are really even in the same boat but they're both loyal to Trump, and Trump seems loyal to them. Uh, let me just read this headline here. It says, Mark Meadows, Donald Trump's former chief of staff, told a member of Congress he loved the idea of appointing alternate electors as a part of a direct and collateral attack three days after the November 3rd presidential election of 2020. Uh, this I- report is acting like that's salacious. That's a good idea. I don't know why they didn't do that. I'm really torn on how that should have or would have played out on January 6th, 
But the idea of appointing dueling slates of electors when you have so many states that were that close, first of all, and then highly contested, I don't think that would have been a very, very bad idea. Looking in hindsight, it may have solved a lot of the issues that we're still dealing with. But of course, they report that like it's salacious and negative. Anyway, like I said, really short segment here. We're going to be right back right after this. Get right back into content. Stick around. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal. So why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... Two more rest, two more. You deserve this ice-cold reward. Medella, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Wanted to at least mention this. I don't know how much there is to talk about here, but it, it was worthwhile. So, ever since the November elections, with uh, Virginia being the big surprise, Glenn Youngkin winning the governorship in Virginia, and almost, well, the GOP almost picking up a governorship in New Jersey, but really up and down the line, outperforming where even they thought they would be. The the headline news item that I saw is that the. National Republican Party, I guess the RNC, is expanding their list of competitive seats from something like the mid-50s. It was, it was 52, 57, right in there that they were going to consider you know, plugging money into and plugging resources into to try to flip 50-something seats. Now that's up to 70 that they're considering going after. So they clearly underestimated the uh, the backlash of the voters in those two states and across the country, too, because there were smaller elections that showed that Republicans had actually gained over the last year. I, I, again, if you're a person, I, I know where your mind goes. If you're if you're like me, you go. But but if there are fake votes and there's enough evidence to show that there were and I don't know, was it enough to overturn the election? I don't know, because I don't have those facts. 
because we don't know what those fake votes were. You know, it's not as if the right is above doing that. There, there's people, they, they've caught people making up fake votes for Republican candidates, too. It's just that there's this long-standing reputation of dead Democrat voters and mob ties and all these things that almost exclusively are pinned on Democrats. And so without the evidence, I can't say, oh, this is how many Trump would have gained or this is how many a Mark Kelly would have lost in Arizona or you name it, uh, uh, Kelly Leffler in Georgia, any of these these close elections, we, we just don't know because we don't. You can see how many were fraudulent, but you don't know who they were for because they're not releasing that info, and it's taking forever. There's still something coming up. I'm off track here, but there's something uh, coming up, a, a court date here in the next two weeks in Fulton County. Of course, that's the biggest county in Georgia, and that's the claim is that if there was significant fraud that they <clears throat> they would have done it in places like these deep blue big democrat counties aka maricopa um milwaukee atlanta philadelphia that's where they would have done it point being and as i'm wrapping back around here back to where we started even in 2020 which people are saying Gosh, there's a lot of anomalies. And they're right. There are a lot of anomalies. No matter who you are, no matter if you think it was the, the most clean election in history, there were a ton of anomalies. That cannot be denied. Now, whether it was fraud or not, that's where you debate it. But you can't deny that it was a weird election. Just based on bellwether counties. For instance, 20 bellwether counties for 100 years, some of them, have voted for the correct president. All 19 out of 20, I believe, voted for Trump. That's a weird anomaly, and there's a bunch of stuff like that, okay? So anyway, back to the point. Even in 2020, the Republicans gained House seats. So if you're, that, if you're concerned about fraud, if you're concerned about this machine that's out there, and by, by which I mean, yes, the, the machines themselves, but the Democrat machine, don't be when it comes to House elections. It's not going to affect the House. Otherwise, they would have kept the House by a much bigger margin. They barely held the House, right? And barely took the Senate. Now, those are statewide elections. House elections are not. So when I talk about the House, I'm talking about elections that are smaller and throughout the entire country. And so when they say they're focusing on 70 different seats that they hope to flip, I'm not saying that's impossible, but I will just say based on the numbers, I don't think it's going to happen. My over-under is at 50, not because I don't think this is going to be a historic wave year, but just because the highest number the Republicans have ever held in the history of the country is 270 seats. That was a historic, that was the 1920s. They had 270 seats. They almost got there in 2014. But they were still about 10 seats shy. And 2012, 2010 through 14, basically, during the second term of our the beginning and through the second term of Obama, that was a huge high watermark for Republicans in the House of Representatives. And we still didn't get to 270. So right now, just based on the numbers, Republicans have 218 seats. So let's say they hold all 218 which is very feasible. I don't, I don't think that's a stretch at all. So it, the question is, how many will they add? 
if the RNC is saying it's up to 70, that would put them at nearly 290. That would be the highest in history. I just don't think in our fractured political environment that that's going to happen, partially because of gerrymandering. Republicans are doing it in red states, but Democrats are doing it too. So that's going to put a little bit of a hold on things. So let's say that they do get 50 or even 52. That would put them at the highest ever. So that's why I'm putting personally as a poll watcher, I'm putting the over under at 50 seats. We'll see. There's a lot that can happen in the next year because we're still talking about 11 months away basically right now that that election will be the midterms. There are so many things. If, if COVID taught us anything, if the Trump era taught us anything, it's that you can't look a year ahead of time and say, this is what's going to happen. But we can take trends. We can look at history and look to see what we think is going to happen. And so there's my prediction. Before we get to the end of this hour, though, I want to share kind of a fun story. American media export. Wiggins, America. Talked about this a little bit on the Andy Fry show this week, and I just thought it was fascinating. I'm always interested in those stories where somebody goes to a garage sale, buys a statue or a painting just because they think it looks kind of cool. And they, they're like, oh, well, let's, let's see. It's a weird thing. I'm going to go have it appraised. They find out it's worth $100,000. Those, those are cool stories, right? Well, this is kind of one of those, but it's a little deeper. So a British teenager was walking around with a 13-year-old girl, Millie Hardwick. She was walking around with a metal detector in her backyard, uh, and her grandfather was with her. And I guess that's probably who taught her the hobby of <laughs> of uh, metal detecting. Not to stereotype, but usually it's, it's old guys walking around on the beach doing uh, metal detecting. So she was walking around using hers, and I guess her father was there too. And the, the thing starts going crazy. So they start, all start digging, and they unearthed a 3,000-year-old axe. Now, I don't know if they knew right then that it was 3,000 years old, but clearly it was very, very old. They ended up finding 65 different artifacts, including axe heads, cake ingots, blade fragments. I'm just reading from the article here. I don't even know what an ingot is. Um, although Brad on the Andy Fry Show explained to me that it's like a mold. Um, but they found all this stuff, and then they contacted, I don't know, the news, or it got back to Oxford University that this was there. And so Oxford University, the archaeologists there, came out. They found another 135 artifacts. Pretty cool, right? <clears throat> These all came from the Bronze Age, which is why they were metal detected. They were between 2300 B.C. and 800 B.C. is the era that these would have come from. And uh, here's the kicker. In the United States, we have what's called mineral rights. We have in this country <laughs> some pretty good laws that are still in effect that protect individual property rights. Those are being eroded, but they still exist. And we're going to keep trying to protect them. Because in England... What happens is if you find an artifact that's over 300 years old, it does not belong to you. It belongs to the government. Or if you find an artifact, no matter how old it is, that's at least 10% gold or 10% silver, that belongs to the government. So the article doesn't say that. It just says that, oh, you know, this stuff's going to be sold, but it's not, they don't own it. It, it just says that uh, all of these objects 
are uh, going to be calculated and appraised. And then a museum, in their words, quote, a museum will be allowed to purchase the artifacts from, yeah, from the government. These people who found all these things in their yard don't get a thing for it. That's why I'm proud to be an American. I will say this, in my backyard, so my backyard is is not huge, but it butts up against what used to be a farm. I would say probably everybody in the United States lives on land that used to be a farm at some time, right? Um, so, But ours was very recently a farm and actually still is. <clears throat> there's kind of a, it's our neighbor's yard and then it, there's a farm next to it. And before we bought our house, this is going to make us sound real gross, that farm was a trash farm. So from like the 70s through the 90s, whoever owned this legacy farm either allowed people to or people just started to dump their trash on this farm because it was way off the beaten path and nobody really knew about it. But in the winter, if you live around it, you can see through the trees because there's no leaves and see that this was a trash thing. So the city took it over sometime in the early 2000s and has been cleaning it up. And it's beautiful now. And it's like a Boy Scout camp. And they do all this cool stuff. And they got these cool barns. They have weddings out there. It's beautiful. But part of the land butts up against ours and especially our neighbors. So we looked out the back window. And my little three-year-old at the time had a, a metal detector that he would walk around with outside. It was a toy that I don't know if it actually worked or not. It made noises. And he, he assumed that he was looking for treasure. It was super cute. Well, he had been playing with that. He looks out in the backyard. There's two guys walking around in not quite our backyard, but right up against it with actual metal detectors. And he loses it. Oh, my gosh, Dad, look. Dad, they're doing what I do. So so we ran out there partially because I was like, do my neighbors know that these guys? I thought they had come off of that public farm that was like this camp now and had gotten too far off. And I was going to tell them, hey, you know, this isn't, my land, but it's it, this is private property, so you might want to talk to the our neighbors, the owners. And they said, oh, no, no, we got permission. So I started talking with them and found out they had found an old bell that probably was around a horse or a cow's neck, so that's kind of cool. And they'd also found some old dimes, probably the ones with the, uh, not the ones that they look like today. They, they had like old, I can't remember what the figures are. Somebody's going to write me and tell me. But they had uh, like Greek gods on them, the, the early dimes. I think they had found a couple of those in my neighbor's yard. There's probably more that they found that they didn't tell me because they knew I was going to go tell my neighbor. And my neighbor had given them the rights. And I don't know if they were going to share the profit or you know, maybe they were going to keep a couple things in their pocket. I don't know. But I told them, I told my neighbor what they had found and he seemed fine with it. But I thought that was so cool. And I just, again, when I read that story, I thought of, my story, of course, first, because it's personal to me, and also how ridiculous it would be if you found something like that in your own yard. How mad, the government, that's your land. You bought it. In America, that's the way it is. God bless the USA. This is Wiggins America. Thanks for being here this morning. Almost seven o'clock, another hour to come. Stick around. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.